The philosopher Kevin Cronin from the philosophy juggernaut known as Ario Speedwagon once said, if you're tired of the same old story, whoa, whoa, turn some pages. And as my numbers have continued to climb, but not climb as fast as I wanted, I was like, well, hey, how about doing something you normally don't do? Let's go out and try to get booked on shows. And while I'm there, maybe I'll find some cool guests to bring on this show. And I'm using podcastguest.com. And I started using Podmatch. I'll talk about both of those a little later on. But man, I hit it out of the ballpark when I found Jano Petrohilas. And this is a guy that's hard to interview. He's a he's one of the top, if not the top, personal trainers in Australia. He is a master of creating community, and he's a master at then taking that community and making really like to the tunes of millions of dollars profitable courses. And we could go on and on on his other accolades, but I brought him on to talk about that because we all want more engagement. And what's great about this is the great ones make it look so easy. And when I got done with this, and you're going to do the same thing, you're going to say, I'm going to go try that. So if you don't have a community, but you're thinking of starting one, you're going to love this. If you already have a community, you're going to go, why didn't I think of that? Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you plan, launch, grow your audience. It's all there at schoolofpodcasting.com. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener, you can save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And as I mentioned, we've got a great interview today. And I may have given you this podcast quick tip in a previous episode, but it's worth repeating because I see it all the time. If the goal of your podcast is to get engagement, double check your media host and make sure if all the places you want them to engage is your website, make sure in your episodes and in your show settings, you are pointing them to your website. I see this over and over and over where people have books and newsletters and courses and all sorts of stuff on their website. And yet when you go into the podcast, it points them at Podbean or Captivate or Libsyn or Buzzsprout or whoever. And I'm like, why are you not sending people to where the magic happens? Now, speaking of magic, this is a, a fun interview. And Jono is a guy that I just knew the minute, like three minutes into this interview, it was like, okay, ask a question, shut up and let him go. And he just kept delivering value. And if you're new to the show, I hate to interrupt great conversations with advertising. So we're going to take care of all the housekeeping right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is my talk with the one and only Jono Petrohilas. You can find him at coursecreatorcommunity.net. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend. No, super excited and, and happy to give you your listeners some tips on wherever we go, podcasting, online courses, Facebook groups. I'm happy to do it all. And yes, that is one kick butt Australian accent. Well, the one thing that you're really into that is kind of interesting because I have people that are asking me, how do I get out of Facebook groups? Like, because they're worried about people 
you know, they, you know, there's the whole privacy thing. I actually was kicked out of my own Facebook group. I went to Facebook jail for a while. Oh, wow. Um, and you obviously are having great success in Facebook groups. So mm-hmm. what's the, uh, cause I know it's, it's one of those things where I think, I think people think, well, I have a podcast, I'll create a Facebook group mm-hmm. and everybody will sign up. And I don't, <laughs> don't think that's how that works. So how do you get people to sign up for your Facebook group? Yes. Awesome question. So there's a few different things going on there. Should we touch on why Facebook group at all first, Dave? Cause that's sure. Your... Let's do that. Yeah. So you're right. There's a lot of people that are getting off Facebook, but I actually like that because it makes the space less competitive because mm. I find there's people that like Facebook. There's people that don't like Facebook, right? The people that don't like Facebook, that's fine. They go to Circle or one of those other platforms. There's people like me who like Facebook. I'm never going on Circle. Are you a Circle guy, Dave? I am a heartbeat person, which is looks just like Circle, only it's only $27 a month versus $100. And, and I haven't, haven't quite jumped on it yet. And it's funny because my particular Facebook group, we all said, oh, it's nothing but people complaining and <laughs> politics and blah, blah, blah. And on the other hand, uh, nobody wants to leave. Mm, I'll share some some tips around that as well. But let's get into some some tips for your listeners there. Yeah. Um, the first thing I'd recommend, Dave, if someone's thinking that, is actually don't create the Facebook group yet. My strategy, I'm a fan of, it, it's, it's actually completely different to be honest, but Russell Brunson's got a term called the Dream 100, right? I'm not sure if you have heard of it. Maybe some of you yeah. listeners have. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Mine's my strategy is a little bit different to that with a Facebook group. It doesn't have to be your dream 100 in terms of like the people that you're going to collaborate with. But my recommendation is don't start a Facebook group unless you've got a hundred people that you can you can uh, invite in there from the start. Because if you open a Facebook group and nobody's in there, it's dead. Nobody's going to want to join, and it's going uphill from there. So my recommendation, if you've already got about 100 people of your ideal audience that you know you can invite, that's when you start the Facebook group. If you don't have those people yet, that's fine. There's many different strategies to do it, whether it's a podcast, whether it's networking with other admins, whether it's interacting in other Facebook groups, there's many different strategies, to building your email list, whatever it may be, there's many different strategies. So that's number one, is don't start unless you've got 100 people that you can uh, invite in there at the start. That part's pretty straightforward, right, Dave? Absolutely. Now, the next most important thing is the group name. Now, I'm not sure if you cover this with your kind of podcasting strategies. I do the same thing with my podcast as well. I want to make sure that it's named appropriately. And I'll share a story, Dave, to, to highlight this. And just to give you a little behind the scenes, I told you there was a point when I knew, oh, this guy is gold. Number one, he just gave me great tips. And number two, when he goes to make his second tip, he decides he's going to tell it with a story. That's when I knew, oh, I just got to sit back and let this guy go. So we're talking about names. One of my good friends is a mortgage broker. He's in the whole finance game. And he's got a business called Python Wealth. You've got Pythons over there in America, right? You guys know what Oh, yeah. Is? Yeah, cool. Uh, so he opened a Facebook group. And guess what he called it? Take a guess. Python, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the snake pit. <laughs> Called it the snake. Oh, there you go. Of course. It's clever. It's funny. But there's a down point to that, Dave. No finance people are finding that Facebook group, right? No finance people are typing. The only people he was getting in there were snake enthusiasts. And there's not really a lot of crossover between mortgage brokers, not in Australia anyway, between mortgage (laughs) brokers and, and snake enthusiasts. So my recommendation is name the group appropriately. I'll share my course creator group. Uh, it's called the course creator community. Pretty straightforward, right? 
if yeah. someone's uh, and and there's a few things going on there firstly there's the seo juice i know that there's people typing in course creator and then my group's popping up up the top because it gets a lot of engagement it's got a, a lot of people in there but also because it's named appropriately right there's all these other people that i've met in the podcasting space in the facebook group space that are in the same space but i didn't even know i couldn't even find their groups because it was named something like the snake pit or, or whatever it is so that's kind of number two there if you have those two things you're off to an okay start so they're the two things you really want to go on there there's a couple things you want to do kind of like before you started as well and they're the group rules because if you haven't got those group rules in place everything goes downhill from there. Now, there's a few major rules that we want to focus on. The first one is the promotion side of things. Now, we might even go on a little bit of a, a tangent here, and I might get some of your feedback here, Dave. I found on Facebook, there's three different types of groups. There's either groups that allow you to promote at any time. There's groups that have like certain promo days and that sort of thing. Or there's groups that never really allow you to promote. Now, I'm going to ask your experience as a member, Dave, which of those do you think is the best? For me, I like option number three yeah. because, you know, people are promoting their show and, you know, if it's a, a group about podcasting, you know, I would love to promote in there because that's what my show's about. But everybody else is doing a show about NASCAR and snakes and whatever else is going <laughs> on, you know, and it doesn't really fit. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. There's a few things there, and I'll just kind of break down all of them. The groups that allow you to promote at any time are usually not good groups to be part of as a member because the only people that join those groups are people that want to plug their stuff. So it becomes right. less about a community, less about um, value, and it's just like a group where people try and sell your stuff. So it's a really bad experience. A lot of people do the promo day where it's like, hey, you're allowed to promote in my group, but you can only do it on Friday or on Tuesday or you know, every Monday I'm going to uh, make a post and you can post under that thread there. That's right. not bad. But what I've found with that as a group admin is if I do that, the, pe the people that join my group are not necessarily people that want to be part of my community and, and want to know me. It's more about people that just want to plug their stuff so they're just coming in to, to post every Tuesday or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, I don't do that. I'm more on the, my ruling with my Facebook group is, hey, no promos unless you clear them with me first, because mm -hmm. I don't want to rule out like never, because, you know, there's some people that are starting off. I want to give them a chance. There's maybe some reciprocal things going on. So that's my, um, my strategy there, right? In terms of promotion. The next thing is like, I've got a no idiots policy. <laughs> <laughs> I you, like that. Yeah. Because what I've found is it's the whole vibe of the group. If you allow people in the group where, you know, someone makes a comment and they have a little bit of a dig at them, that kind of sets the vibe of the group, right? Yeah. And it means that, um, let's say I'm in a Facebook group and I make a post and a couple of people make some snarky comments. I'm never posting in that group again, right? But right. if, I, if I make a post in the group and there's friendly comments, oh, this group is great. I'm going to post again and again and again. So me as the admin... I need to make sure that like I've got my group clean. I need to get rid of any of those idiots. And I'm not uh, I'm not exactly Mr. Democracy when it comes to it. I see a comment and I'm like, if that comment offends me, I'm just going to remove that person. Right? That, I'm, that's I'm even, yeah, I'm not even going to. There might be some circumstance. Like if, it's, if it could have gone either way and I'm like, oh, maybe that person could be offended. Maybe they wouldn't. Let me just remove the comment and message that person. 
But if it's something where I'm like, you're just being straight up rude, I'll get, I'll get rid of that person. Like it, it does more damage having them in the group than it does me removing them. And I'll even share, I learned this in my personal training days, Dave. I used to run a boot camp. And let's say I had 20 people, 20 participants in my boot camp. There was one participant that was just like a horror to train, right? Was rude, was obnoxious, would essentially insult me, insult the other members. And as a result of that, people wouldn't come back because she wasn't a friendly person to be around. So I was yep. like, you know what's better? If I ask that person to leave, yes, I'm, I'm only going to lose one client and then I can grow from there. But if that person stays, she's repelling more people than, than what she's bringing in. It's the same philosophy with the Facebook group there, right? So they're kind of the, the two things we need before we, or there's a few things there, but they're the things we need before we get started. It's not just quite a matter of, okay, let me start a Facebook group and I've got a podcast and I'll invite everyone in there. The things going on behind the scene are right. Let me start a Facebook group with 100 people off the bat. From there, let me make sure it's named appropriately so that people can, you know, find it. And if it pops up in their feed, they'll join it and they can, you know, type it in and it comes up. We want to make sure that we're clear on our promo rules. And we also want to make sure that we're clear in terms of who we allow in that group. And that's a great strategy just because what you've created is a safe place. That's the word. Can... Exactly. That's the yeah. word. Well, question I hear a lot is, uh, let's say we've done that and maybe it's their first time starting a Facebook group and they're like, well, like, what do I do? What do I say? How do you get the conversation going, I guess? Awesome. So my whole strategy is even a little bit different to everyone else here. My strategy, Dave, is I want to be posting as little as possible. I want my members posting for a few different things. For me, that's the sign of a good community. If I go in a Facebook group and it's just the admin posting all the time, it's not really a community. That's a person trying to sell something to these people, right? right? That's church, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? And also, I'm lazy, Dave. I want to do as little work as possible. <laughs> That's why I like online courses. You know, I sell the course, and then I don't have to do the work behind it. Uh, so I don't want to be tied to my, my computer, right? I want to get other people posting as much as possible. And yes, there's, there's some things I recommend posting as well. But before we get into that, my recommendation would be to flick the switch a little bit and be like, how can we get other members posting? Because it's almost like a snowball as well. It's like once one person posts and they get a good and they get a good uh, response, then they're going to post again. And then other people are going to post because they see that person gets a good response. And then all of a sudden you're on the right side of the algorithm and someone posts and all the other people sees it. So it's a it's like a flow on from there. So I've got some very specific strategies I use to get members posting. Do you want me just to rattle through them one by one, Dave? Absolutely, my friend. This is the carrot instead of the stick. I love it. Awesome. Cool. And I'll share different ways to do it as well. And I've got I've got probably seven or eight different strategies. They might not all work for everyone, but I guarantee you at least one or two of these will work for whoever you are listening, whatever stage you're at. Now, my favorite one to do, Dave, is the new members, right? So any new member that joins my Facebook group gets a DM. Now it's from my virtual assistant, but originally it was from me. The DM is basically like, you know, hey, so-and-so, welcome to the Facebook group. Just want to let you know all the everyone that joins the group gets a copy of my freebie, insert freebie. Would you like a copy, right? They're going to say yes or no. I might ask a question or two, you know, right? So, by the way, what's what's your course topic, Dave? Oh, you help podcasters? Great. Sounds good. Hey, by the way, feel free to make a post and introduce yourself. You know, just say who you are, where you're from, and, you know, do a selfie as well so it's a bit more personal, right? Let me know once you've posted and I'll, I'll give it a like as well. So, I do that there. 
Now, obviously not everybody is going to do it, but a certain percentage of people do. And there's a few things going on. Uh, a, they're just really good posts. Like, you know, when you go in a Facebook group, Dave, and every day, every couple of days, there's a few people that are just introducing themselves. Hey, I'm Dave. I help podcasters. Hey, I'm Jono. I help course creators. And there's a photo of them. It feels like a community, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, let's go back to that kind of waterfall flow again. Let's say for whatever reason, Dave didn't check his DMs. He didn't see my message welcoming him, but he joins the group and he sees that there's all these people introducing themselves. He's going to be like, oh, I might introduce myself. This is what you do in that group right? Or maybe he joined the group, you know, three months ago and he missed that message or he's like, oh, I'm not going to introduce myself. No one else is. But now he's seeing all these people introduce themselves. He's going to do it as well, right? So it can flow on from there. And then the other things too, if he gets comments, he's going to, you know, be more likely to post again. Um, he's going to make friends in the, the comments, all those things going on there. So that's a really easy one to do. Now I get, whenever I mention this, Dave, people usually say one of two things. They're like, oh, Jono, that's great. But you know, I've, I've got all these members coming in. I don't have time to do all that. If that's the case, great. Maybe you can get a virtual assistant to do it for you. Um, or you can use some of these other strategies because you've already got all these new members coming in. Uh, the other thing people tell me is, oh, Jono, I only get a handful of people joining every, every day or every week or whatever. Great. No dramas. Now you have the time to do it. If you've only got a handful of people doing it, you can get a bit more personal. You can start the ball rolling and then you can, um, you can ease off that. So that's an easy strategy there. Uh, another one of my favorite strategies is the redirect. So I also learned this one in my um, in my in my boot camp days when I was a fitness trainer. So I also had a Facebook group back then. That's kind of how I learned all these strategies as well. I had a boot camp. We ran one session a day, but everyone would be in the Facebook group, right? Mm. Now I would get so many questions, Dave. You know, it would be like, Jono, what protein should I get? What's the best stretch to do? You know, what's the best diet I should use? What do you think of paleo? You know, I get all these. Because I had like 100, 100 clients in this boot camp, right? And I'd be getting texts, I'd be getting emails, I'd be getting, you know, social DMs, you know, I'd be getting it all, uh, phone calls. And I was like, oh, I need a better way to, to kind of manage this. So what I did was the redirect. Anytime anyone asked me a question about anything, my response was the same. Dave, that's such a good question. Hey, could you do me a favor? You reckon you could post that in the Facebook group? Because I've got this awesome answer, but I want everybody else to see it as well. Is that okay? Mm -hmm right? So I redirect into the Facebook group. Now that did one of two things. A, that helped with my time management. I wasn't worrying about replying to emails and texts or whatever. I would just go in that Facebook group. And also I just check it once a day, Dave. So I just pick once a day, usually in the morning for me, I jump on, I answer any questions, done, right? So there's an advantage at time management, but also it like, um, it gets the culture of that group going. Because let's say, Dave, you've got another question to ask me. And let's say you've already asked me a couple of questions and both times I've said, hey, just post it in the Facebook group. I'm kind of training you to be like, right. you know, oh, if I've got a question, I'm going to post in the Facebook group. The flow on effect as well, right? You post in the Facebook group, you see I answer it, you see other people answer it. You're like, oh, this is great. I'm going to post again, all right? Same with other people. Maybe they haven't text, because you can also see like with all these strategies, Dave, they involve me doing it manually at the start, but what I'm doing is building the culture. Because now people are going to see, oh, if you need any help from Jono, all you do is post in the Facebook group. That's what I'm going to do. So that's going to get engagement there as well. Um, another one of my favorite strategies is the feedback strategy. You'll also be able to tell Dave, I'm not Mr. Creative Ideas with the names as well, right? You can probably, <laughs> you can probably guess what the, the feedback strategy is. 
I'm sure if you've been in business a while or you've, you know, maybe you've, you've had your podcast for a while or even not, you're going to get some people contact you and say, hey, you're good at what you do. When I was personal training, hey, Jono, that was an awesome session. I loved it, right? When I, now that I, I help other personal trainers with my courses, Jono, this course is awesome. I took it and I got 50 new clients, you know, or I did this, did this course and I got 50 new workouts. It's so good. We all kind of get messages and emails and text messages like that. What I found in the business world is most people do absolutely nothing with that feedback or they reply and say, thank you, right? Maybe yeah. they screenshot it. Maybe they put it on their website and that's good. Do that stuff as well. But what I, what I, what I always follow that up with Dave is, oh, Dave, that's so good. I'm so happy to hear. Hey, could you do me a favor? You don't mind posting that in the Facebook group, do you? That way some other people can see it. I might get some extra clients out of it. You don't mind, do you? And no one's going to say no to that, or very few people are, are going to say no to that. So that's another strategy to get people posting there. And that's also a positioning one. That's some, that's probably one of my best sales strategies as well. People are posting in the face. And I, I craft, sometimes I craft what they say as well. It might be something along the lines of like, guys, I just got to let you know, I got Johnny to run my Facebook ads and I got 100 leads in two weeks. That's more leads that I got in two weeks than I have like the whole of last year. If you want someone to run your Facebook ads, reach out to Jono right? Whenever someone makes a post like that, I get one or two clients out of it. So not only does it help with engagement, but it also helps with sales as well. And it's always better when somebody else posts it, right? Like I could have just screenshotted their message and posted it in the Facebook group, but like my community is just going to be like, okay, he's trying to sell us something. Fair enough. That's what he does, but it's not as powerful as that other person doing it. The beautiful part of all these strategies is we started off saying, What's going to happen if, if somebody joins my Facebook group and there's nothing going on in there? And we've already solved that problem at this point. Without even posting, right? Yeah. I haven't even posted yet. Uh, I'm also a fan of action tasks in my courses. So every single online course that I sell, there's certain action tasks in there. Now, I'll spend a minute on here because this also crosses over to the online course side of thinking it's important. Sure. I make sure that the action tasks are actually good action tasks. Because I'm sure we've all, you know, um, purchased an online course before and the action tasks are super generic. You know, it's like take a photo of your business plan and post it in the Facebook group and ask for feedback and no one can be bothered reading through the thing and, and giving them feedback. So I make sure the action tasks are like really quick ones. I'll share some quick examples. Let's say um, in, my, in the personal trainer side of things, one of my courses teaches personal trainers how to use kettlebells right? One of the questions in there is, hey, make a post. Here's, I give them sample workouts. Hey, here's 20 different kettlebell workouts. But you know what? We've got 15,000 personal trainers in our Facebook group. Make a post in the Facebook group and ask everyone what their favorite kettlebell workout is. And you won't just have a library of 20. You're going to have a library of 200. So, you know, go and post on there. So what happens is that person doing the course posts in the Facebook group. Uh, and also with personal trainers, that's something they love sharing. They love sharing workouts with other trainers because we think ours is always better than the other trainers, right? <laughs> so someone will post and they will get, well, maybe not 100, but they might get 50 comments of, of different workouts. It's a great win for that person there because they've posted in the Facebook group. They've got all these ideas, which is great. And once again, they're thinking, this is awesome. This group is great. I'm going to post again, yada, yada, yada right? In my online course space, I've got a course that teaches people how to create an online course. Uh, one of the action tasks in there is, hey, here's the online platform that I recommend if you're just starting off. But look, there's millions of them out there. Uh, make a post in the Facebook group and ask everybody else what they use, right? And course creators are kind of like, 
personal trainers in that way. We all love the platform that we use and we want to give it a plug and, and share the benefits. So it's another really engaging questionnaire, right? Um, if you don't have a course, you can have it in your, your lead magnet or, or whatever it may be. And mo most people can go through all of those, but I just want to share a couple in case there's the 1% of people that are like, you know what, Jono, I can't do any of those. I don't have any new members. No one's DMing me. No one's giving me feedback and I'm not selling any courses. Okay, that's all right. Two easy ones for you is simply just scrolling through your newsfeed. If you see a post from someone that you think would benefit the people in your Facebook group, simply ask that person. You know, if I'm scrolling through my Facebook and Dave, um, you know, Dave makes a, a post in there and he's like, hey guys, he's he can sell your online courses via podcast. So he's taking our podcast. I might be like, Dave, it's a really good post, man. You reckon you could post that in my Facebook group as well? I'm sure my people would love it, right? So I'm essentially um, using my personal newsfeed to get interaction in my group. Uh, and the very last resort, in case you got no one that, that does that, is simply plants. I could simply, because you always invite a few friends in your Facebook group anyway, I could just say yeah. to them, let's say I'm friends with Dave. Dave, man, I'm really working on getting engagement on this Facebook group. I'm the only one posting. You reckon you could do me a favor? You reckon like once a week you could just go in there and ask a question or something like that? You, you can use your friend to, to help you with there as well. So there's some kind of engagement strategies. No, you were talking before we hit record about one of the ways you use your Facebook group to figure out what kind of topic should I put into an online course? Yeah. So my whole business, once I stopped personal training, my whole business was selling online courses to personal trainers. I put together a really successful course and then another and then another and then another. Uh, and it had quite a successful business. I can't remember the, the exact figures at that time, but it was probably close to a million dollars in revenue a year in selling online courses. And I had, it's me and a business partner, and we put maybe 10 courses together that were like really, really good courses. There came a problem though, is that we only knew 10 things in the fitness industry. <laughs> so All right. after, yeah, after we put together those 10 courses, uh, we still are, like, we're, they're still selling. We still sell those 10 today, but it's not, it's obviously not as much because the community's already bought it, right? The only people buying them are people that weren't already in the, the community. So we were like, oh, how can we, what are we going to do? And then we discovered affiliates. There are other people out there that also sell courses to personal trainers on topics that we didn't have a specialty to, you know, pregnancy, nutrition, older adults, that kind of stuff there. And we'd affiliate with those people and we would sell their courses to our list and it would be a 50-50 split. Now, that sounded good in theory, but the issue with that is now we were giving away 50%. Instead of us taking 100%, we were giving away 50%. We're like, oh, what are we going to do? And then we put together a virtual summit. It's going back probably a couple of years ago. I know they're a big thing now, virtual summits, but back then they weren't quite as big. And we're yeah. like, look, we can put together a virtual summit. Uh, we identified a topic. A lot of people were asking us questions around, you know, um, specifically training women. That was a, a big buzz in the fitness industry a couple of years ago. So we're like, all right, you know, we already know like four really good speakers. Let's put together a virtual summit. Let's pay those speakers to 250 ahead. I think it was something like that. Let's get four of them and then let's sell tickets to this virtual summit. We did that. So we paid four speakers, you know, a thousand bucks expenses. Uh, we sold tickets to, it was a live one at that time. We sold tickets for a hundred bucks. We got a hundred people in there. So the cost of selling the tickets broke even from the, um, the, exp the expenses of, of paying the speakers, but now we owned the content. So we essentially had a course that we created for free without doing any work and without knowing anything. Uh, and now we have this course that sells for around $500 and we take 100%. So it was like, okay, you know, here's the new way to do it. Here's the endless way to do it. 
So we did it again with another summit a couple months later and we got like hardly any sales. And I was like, oh no, maybe it was a fluke. And then we did it again a couple months later and we got a few sales, but the speakers were really, really bad. And I was mm. like, oh, don't, what are we going to do? Is this going to work? You know, but then I got thinking, I was like, hold on, I've got this podcast anyway. Why don't I just leverage this podcast a bit more? And the first thing I did, the first thing was the topics because I wasn't even really promoting my podcast that much, but I was like, hold on, why don't I just, you know, I did a, a podcast on a topic, what I can't remember what it was at the time, and I made a Facebook post. I was like, hey guys, just released a, a podcast on this topic here. Uh, comment below if you want the link. And like a hundred people commented and I was like, okay. And then I, I did it the next week with a different topic and like no one commented. And then I just played around with the different topics and I was like, okay, hold on. If I'm doing a uh, if I'm doing a, a podcast episode and I post it on the Facebook group and nobody when I say nobody like hardly anyone is what I mean right hardly anyone is is commenting well it's probably not going to sell as a course if only I did that on that virtual summit that flopped if only I did a podcast on the topic first I would have known not to put it together and, and wasted all the work and, and the money paying the presenters so that's that's what I did for my next one but not only the actual topic but also the modules as well. I think it was, it was training older adults. So I got the idea. I'm like, right, there's some interest in here. Okay, cool. Who wants to know about resistance training for older adults? All these comments. Who wants to know about fall prevention? All these comments. Who wants to know about training menopausal women? Hardly any comments. Who wants to know about chair aerobics workout? All these comments. So I was able to cherry pick not only the topic, but also the modules as well. So, and that's, that's a, a two-side kind of win, right? It's like, actually, no, sorry, that's, that's, let's think of it just from one side. That helps with my marketing because that's what goes on my landing page. Hey, people, putting together this live summit for this course on training older adults, here are the four topics that are going to be covered. And it's the four topics or four or five topics that got the most engagement when I posted in the Facebook group. So it's kind of like hard not to sell, right? So that fixed the demand issue, but it also fixed the, the quality issue. Because when I got speakers for the first couple summits, I just kind of went in my own community. I'm like, oh, this person kind of knows. Oh, let me do a post in my Facebook group and see who trains pregnant women or whatever it is. And I just kind of get my friends who weren't necessarily speakers, uh, who may be good or may not be good. Uh, but at least if I had the person on the podcast, I could also cherry pick the best person. My, my show is a guest-based episode, right? So it wasn't me creating the content for those things there. I would bring an expert on and then, you know, I'd release the podcast and we'd post it on there. If it was a hot topic, but the guest wasn't very good, then I'm like, okay, the topic is there. I just need to find a better guest to do it. Let me go and source a better guest. Right, this person is is better uh, at this topic here. I'm going to get that person on a podcast as well. Uh, and then they're going to be the speaker. So not only do I use the podcast as like the, um, uh, the, the demand tester, I also use it as the screening process for the, uh, for, for the presenters. And then even if we go deeper on that as well, it was easier to get presenters because it was hard if I didn't know the person and I'm reaching them out to speak. I kind of like got to DM them or email them and be like, hey, you've got this amazing opportunity for you. And you know what it's like, Dave? Usually when someone says they've got an amazing opportunity, they're trying to sell you Juice Plus or you know, <laughs> multi-level marketing things. So they were always a bit hesitant, this and that. But you also know what it's like when you get someone on the podcast, if you, you know, do a good job, you treat them well, you're basically friends at the end of it. 
And I can even throw in a little thing at the end, you know, by the way, Dave, I'm doing this summit, you know, in a couple of months, you might be a good speaker. You want me to send you the details? Just something you might be interested in. It kind of covers that that whole section there as well, which makes it less work. So that then that then filled the um the spot of of bad summits, right? Now with those two strategies there, that exact one course, I did this kind of toward start of um last year. Same thing, put it together, then sold it for five hundred dollars. Uh, that made over a hundred thousand dollars just that one course, Dave. I've got like forty different courses, right? But just that one course there made a hundred thousand dollars, which I did no work from. Right? It wow. was just yeah. It was just the only work I did was just like sourcing the speakers essentially, right? And I'll just I'll just go a little bit deeper as well with a couple of those things there. Uh, the other advantage of doing it that way there as well is chances are those people will affiliate for you as well because that person's going to be a speaker. I'm paying them. Um, they also appreciate the fact that I pay them because some you know sometimes you don't. You go to summits and you don't get paid, kind of thing. So well, you get you get paid in exposure though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which doesn't uh, they don't take that at the grocery store, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so I give them both. I give them the exposure and also some dollars as well. And I nice. Because of that, they're more open to then sharing it with their audience. Hey, I'm speaking at this thing here. You know, here's a link, and they'll get fifty percent of um of that side of thing as well. So it also helps there. Uh, and now moving forward, Dave, that's the only way I create courses now. I can't remember the last time I've created my own course. All I do, I do it probably every two months. I'm just like, right, let me just test a topic. Cool, here's the topic we're going to do. Right, what do I need? Four or five speakers. I've already got them because they've been on my podcast. I just reach out, send them a DM. I don't do it live anymore because live was a little bit tricky. You probably know as a podcaster as well. Oh, you know, yeah. schedule the time and, you know, I'm in Australia and they're in America and, you know, and then someone doesn't come and then their audio doesn't work. So it's pre-recorded. You know, hey, Dave, I need you to give me a 60-minute presentation on this topic here. Do it on your own time. Just get it to me by the end of the month. Once you get it to me, here's your 200 bucks or 300 bucks, right? So it's just like very little work. And that's my, that's my whole course creation strategy now. When you're doing your online summit, what, uh, what platform were you using? Like a StreamYard or, or what was the deal? Yeah. So when it was live, it was just Zoom. Right. Okay. Here's the Zoom link. You know, presenters got it. Participants have got it. There we go. In terms of now, they just send it over to me however they want. Usually Loom. Let me think. Usually Loom. Yeah, usually Loom. Or they'll just probably do it on Zoom and then put it on a Google Drive and send it over to me. I'll yeah. download all of those. The platform I use for that business is Teachable, and then I just upload it to Teachable as an online course. For those people listening, I wouldn't necessarily recommend Teachable for your online courses. It's not bad. It's just there's better ones out there. The reason I use it is I've got like probably thousands of courses on there if you include yeah. courses and mini courses and whatever, and they're set to funnels. I just can't be bothered to changing it now. Uh, but essentially Teachable is where it lives. Got it. And uh, now that you've piqued our interest, I know you have a course that helps people like pick the best platform for them, but are, yes. are you allowed to... Uh, Give it away. Spoil. Yeah, give it away and say what's <laughs> yeah. the one. So, okay. Oh, man. So that's t- it's, it's a tough question because there's so many variables on there. Yeah. The platform I recommend for people just starting off is New Zendler. That's not what I use, and that's not what I recommend experienced people used. The reason why New Zendler is really great for people starting off is they have the best free version out there. Most of the other platforms, their free version is so limited. 
yeah, you can do it. You can use it for free, but you can only have one course or you can't do memberships or, you know, you can't use our email function or you can't use upsells or whatever it is. New Zenly, you can do it all, but they will on the free version, they'll take 10% of any sales you make. I still think that's better for most people starting off in the course creation space that follow me anyway, because a lot of them are just starting off. They don't know if their course is going to sell. I recommend start off uh, with that for free. Yeah. On, top, on top of that, their paid version is the best bang for buck. It's about, I think it's $70 a month at the moment, and you get everything, courses, upsells, memberships, email marketing, communities, a website, blog. It's like essentially everything Kajabi does, which is probably the leader. I would say Kajabi is the best, but the down point with Kajabi is it's $400 a month to use everything, whereas New Zendler is $70 a month. Uh, Kajabi is better. Don't get me wrong. It looks better. It's a little bit smoother. The customer support yeah. is better, um, but it's $400 versus $70. Yeah. You know, if you're starting off, $70 you can do. $400 is a, a bit of a, a stretch, but I'll go one step deeper as well, Dave. The limitation to things like Kajabi and New Zenla, they're called all-in-ones, right? The limitation, yeah. yes, for one price, you do everything, but they're average at everything, right? It, Amen, brother. Yeah, you know, so um, event, this is the journey that most course creators usually do, right? They start with an all-in-one with New Zenla or Kajabi because you can do everything on it. It's the one price. That's great. But then it gets to a point where you're like, oh, I want my email. I want to be a bit more advanced with my email. I can't do it with New Zenla and Kajabi. So you end up getting like an active campaign or an Aweber or something like that. And then also the checkout cards aren't great with like Kajabis and um, New Zealand. Like they're not bad, but sometimes you like got to log in before you buy. We don't want that. We don't want any friction when someone's going to buy, right? Yeah. So Thrivecart is a better program there. So the ideal world, you're using something like any platform, really Kajabi, New Zealand, Thinkific to host the course on. Then you're using Thrivecart as your checkout cart. Then you're using email marketing as your email software. But I wouldn't recommend with that for a beginner because now you're paying three different fees and you've got to yeah. integrate it all and you've got to use that. So, um, yeah, that's that's the one I want. Yeah, that's uh, I, I use Podia. And oh. it's one of those things where I keep running into things where I'm like, oh, I really thought this was going to do everything I wanted. And I keep going, oh, except that yeah. and, and that. And, yeah. you know, they got great support and it's a great price. But uh, there is a part of me that goes, I should have gone with Teachable. Yeah, but, um, you know, you do what you can. So, what is your your favorite then? If you said for newbies, yep. the New so Zendler. What's newbies, your New Zendler? So, for advanced, I would go Kajabi, Active Campaign, Thrivecart. Ah, there you go. Yep, awesome. What's the um? You mentioned Thrivecart. Don't they have some sort of course thing? They do. There's a few limitations with that. So, the best part about Thrivecart, they're the best for like checkout carts, affiliates, that sort of thing. They've got a good deal at the moment. Last time I checked, it was lifetime for $500. That's just for the actual checkout cart. Their platform, their learning platform is called I Learn. It's called Learn. I think it is Thrivecart Learn. Not bad. It's the one price again. It's about $500 or give or take like that. It's not bad. There's a few limitations with that. In terms of the actual course hosting on there, they don't allow native course hosting. So uh, no native video hosting. So mm. I can't just upload a video there. I need to upload it to either Vimeo or YouTube first. There are advantages doing it that way. You've, you've got it elsewhere, whatnot, 
but then again, I hold my, do mine on Google Drive anyway. So that's the disadvantage I find with with Thrivecart is there's no native video, and you know you put it on you can put it on YouTube as unlisted, but then maybe ads come up there, or yeah. you can put it on Vimeo, but then you got to pay Vimeo, you know, a monthly fee, and there's another another monthly fee there. So that's one down point. The user interface just isn't as slick as the other platforms yet. Uh, and then also it's it's not quite an, an all-in-one, so you'd have to get another email anyway. But, yeah, just in terms of the course hosting, it's not bad. You know, like one price, uh, one price you get your checkout cart and your course hosting. It's just that if someone was starting off, I would prefer them pay uh, just New Zenla because you yeah. also get the email as well and the course side of things is better. But ThriveCart, not, not bad. It's just got a couple limitations. One question I want to ask you before I let you get out the door here is we have a segment on the show called Because of My Podcast where if you can answer that question, you know, because of my podcast, blank. Whatever happened that wouldn't have happened except, uh, you know, you had a podcast. So can you uh, can you fill in that blank for us? Or Because of my podcast... I was able to create an online summit that generated me an extra $100,000 in revenue. I was able to source the speakers from it. The The course was able to be done without me giving any content of, of my own. Uh, and the feedback on that course averages 9.5 out of 10. Beautiful. So again, uh, I'll have links to this out in the show notes, but check out coursecreatorcommunity.net. I've already signed up for the Facebook group and, uh, Diving in. I'm glad to know you, my friend. You uh, That was uh, some really great stuff. You had me smiling. And uh, I, I love when I hear stuff that's different, but not like impossible. It's like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. That makes sense. And if I do this, this happens. And I was like, wow, all this just, you know, nothing too crazy, but you just a little, little steering of your audience to create that engagement and off you go. So thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you. You coming to a podcast movement, are you, Dave? I am in uh, at Vegas. Yeah, I will be there. So see you there. Oh man, so many takeaways. I think my favorite one was don't launch until you can invite like a hundred people, knowing that probably only thirty of those people will show up. Because I think so many people, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to make money, and they skip the whole grow their audience. And here he's like, hey, look, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if people sign up and there's nothing there. I love the group rules. When I was a teacher back in the corporate world, I would put up a big timer and I'm like, class starts back in 15 minutes. If you're not back in 15 minutes and you want me to restart the class, I'm not. And people would come in five, 10 minutes late because they're out in the hall talking on their phone. And they'd be like, can I like, where are we at? And I'm like, nope, I'll get you cut up on the next section. And consequently, the second and third time, they were back on time. And kicking out people in your group is really important. I run the Northeast Ohio Podcasters Meetup, and I had a guy who had history, a lot of history in the newspaper industry, which is fine. He's in the media. Podcasting is the media. But he kind of wanted to do a lecture on the history of newspapers every time he came to a meeting to where I finally had to go, look, either start a podcast or, uh, you know, don't come back. And uh, he didn't come back. And so that's the way it works sometimes. But I love the easy stuff like the redirect and the action task. And the other thing I want to mention here is if you're into membership sites, I have gone over since we've done this interview and looked at uh, New Zendler. Holy cow, is that a great platform? And it's, it's great timing in a way. I've been on the Podia platform about six months and I did a ton of research and it's not bad, but here's the thing. If what you want to do is not in Podia, it ain't happening. 
I even at one point went to their highest, highest tier. So I was spending like $200 a month and I still couldn't get it to do exactly what I wanted it to do. And I went back down. I think now I'm paying 89 a month. And it's one of those things where I just found a new thing that I'm pretty sure I, I'm waiting for them to get back to me. And I, you know, everybody's like, oh, we're kind of understaffed and I get that, but hire somebody. Geez. So you're, you're waiting a few days for support. And if I think what is true, which is if I want to add like, I don't know, a Descript course, I kind of have to, mm, it's weird. Like I can't just add it and everybody that's a current member get it. And I'm like, that's kind of a deal breaker. And so everything I've looked at New Zendler that I can't do in Podia, I can do in New Zendler. And I don't want to move. I really don't. It's not great for my students. And I always put my students first and it's quite the stress on me but I am finding more and more and more with Podia that I just can't do. And I liked Teachable, but I think the teaching part, it really turns out that, yes, the courses are part of it, but I really think the biggest draw of the school of podcasting, at least what I'm hearing from people, it's the community. And so I'm also looking at Heartbeat. If I, I, again, I do not want to move the school of podcasting, but I might put the courses in Heartbeat, which is primarily a community where I'm always putting them places where there are courses and a community. This is like, no, here's the community and there's courses. So we'll see. But this new Zendler is a really impressive thing. So thanks to uh, Jono for that. I'd never heard of it. And I wish I had about six months ago. Holy cow. But, uh, you know, like I say, it's no fun moving. But uh, speaking of moving, if you know someone that's struggling with their community, uh, could you do me a favor? and share this with them. Uh, I'll also put links in the show notes out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 867 uh, because I also do a podcast. It's infrequent about community growing, and I'm definitely going to take this interview and throw it over there as well. So if that's something you're struggling with, uh, the podcast is creatively called Grow Your Community Show. So I'll put links to that out there as well. Of course, everything you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com. You can find the newsletter. You can find my gear guide. And of course, you can sign up and become a member of the School of Podcasting. It's all there, schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. John O'Petroholis, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, that was a complete butcher of your name, my friend. That was so close. That's all right. You know what? You know what, David? It's it's hard. You got the because I'm obviously Australian with a Greek background. You got um, at least you got the first name right, Jono. Because Jono, you know what? It's Petrohalis, right? It's close enough. Petrohilos. Petro. You know what? We're we're gonna have fun with that. <laughs> Let's um, just go. You know what I should have done, Dave? I should have done the whole Gary V thing. And just been, hey, my name's John O.P. That would have made it so much easier, right? <laughs> so if you're tired of the same old story, oh, this podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time. <laughs>